Welcome to the NPM Podcast. Joining me today is Declan Flanagan, founder and CEO of Blue Star Energy Capital. Welcome to the program today, Declan. Hey, nice to be here. So, uh, Declan, you were formerly uh, EVP and CEO at Orsted Onshore. You set up uh, an interesting roadmap in 2022 to set up a global platform to develop renewable generation in the US, Australia, and Europe. Uh, the first two targets were set up with the establishment of Nova Clean Energy in the US and BEA Renewables in Australia. So with that having having been said, um, what observations can you tell us about uh, the greenfield market in both the US and Australia and why were these some of your original targets? Sure. Um... <clears throat> Well, look, I, I think we focus a lot, rightly, in, in, in the renewables business on, on where various bottlenecks are, be they the big ones like transmission, more recent ones like supply chain, et cetera. But I would say, and those are big issues, but over 20 plus years in this business, the consistently scarce resource is uh, experienced, qualified, motivated, capitalized developers uh, uh, that are out there creating new projects, uh, and and where you know we we focus a lot in very near term you know twenty thirty targets you know but where where's where's the pipeline coming because these are long long term you know uh, endeavors where's the long term pipeline come from we need, we need a constant process of new uh, uh, exploration for for new projects. Uh, a constant process of training up new generations of, of developers, creating new new platforms. And that's consistent. That's been the theme of my career. Uh, I haven't had the, the uh, opportunity to build and ultimately exit uh, a few of these. That's a consistently scarce resource. So, and I would say a year in uh, uh, everything I, I have seen uh, just confirms, you know, those, those opinions I had a year ago that were themselves built over the previous you know, 20, 20 years. Um, the, uh, but back to the other bottlenecks. Okay, so ta- you know, we're addressing talent, capital, uh, 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 governance, autonomy, you know, uh, allowing, you know, uh, uh, local management, et cetera, et cetera. What I'd say, John, is that, you know, it's been reminded over and over again that the single biggest impediment to the energy transition is transmission in every market. Uh, uh, decarbonization means electrification and electrification can only happen if we move the megawatt hours around. I think there's a lot of uh, naive uh, views on moving molecules around uh, the world that, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is unlikely to happen or happen at, at, at scale. So we need, you know, transmission is the issue in Australia. Transmission is the issue all over the US. Transmission is the issue in pretty much every European market. So uh, I would say, you know, a year in that, you know, uh, not that it's a surprise, but it's consistent, you know, all, all over the world. And I'd have a bit of concern that we continue, we broadly, not any particular country, you know, while there's, you know, pockets of important stuff happening around transmission, I would say it's still not getting a fraction of the attention that it needs, both Physically building new stuff, obviously, but also just the human the human resource element of processing uh, uh, the amount of stuff that's in that's in uh, queues, and that's 
that's a you know uh, a worldwide uh, theme. That's you know, if I was to pick one thing over the last uh, over the last twelve months, if I was to pick two things, I would say that uh, the memo of high interest rates took longer to arrive in renewable world than in the rest of the economy. And I would still say here in July 2023, there's a lot of projects, a lot of developers, a lot of people, you know, still with a mindset of free money and, and almost zero interest rates. And it's just a very different investment environment when you can get, you know, sovereign, uh, take sovereign risk, get guts of, you know, 5%, you know, depending on the, depending on the term. And, and that means there's still a lot of uh, unrealistic pro forma, unrealistic valuation expectations. Uh, I thought they would um, normalize or become more rational quicker. But like I said, the memo of, of, uh, of higher interest rates took longer to arrive in renewables world. I would say it has arrived in the last uh, couple of quarters and we're seeing uh, a more rational uh, views. But I'd also say it still has a, a way to go. So, uh, you know, those are my two takeaways, uh, John. Sort of year year in. If we could uh, circle back to transmission for a minute before we move on, um, you know, the U.S. market has been dominated by a few players building different transmission systems, and to your point, um, they cost a lot of money and it takes a, a lot of patience to build. Currently, um, how is uh, Blue Star thinking about uh, attacking the problem or participating in the problem and solving the problem? Look, I would say we are not uh, transmission developers. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out, you know, in the medium or long term, but in the short term, we're, we're not transmission developers. I think it is um, shares similarities, but one needs to be very careful when you move. You know, I first 10 years of my career was spent in the wind business, you know, 12 years ago, started in the solar business. And it takes time to make that transition of the, 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 the ABCs of wind development, solar development, storage development, transmission, again, is, is a, a distinct set of skills. Um, look, ultimately, uh, you know, merchant transmission uh, uh, is not going to be as part of the solution. I don't think it's going to be a huge part of the solution. I think the roadmap, you know, we're seeing some important things happening. Uh, MISO is spending, you know, a lot. The LRTP process, you know, is is, is one example where, you know, uh, um, it's it's moving, you know, and uh, from a development point of view, you know, that's that's something we 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 are always looking to uh, invest development capital ahead of transmission that we believe is moving or is 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 going to move or is already moving. Uh, you got Colorado Clean Power Pathway as 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 an example. You got a lot uh, of transmission happening in Texas around uh, electrifying, you know, uh, oil and gas sector. So there's, uh, and I would say in the U.S. relative to um, most places in Europe or indeed Australia, I, I actually think the U.S. is, you know, usually gives itself a bad report card on building infrastructure. Is doing better on transmission. It's got an awful long way to go. So there are some bright spots. I would say the the uh, the textbook to follow if it could be done on a regional basis, is what was done 10 odd years ago with competitive renewable energy zones in, in Texas. Having been involved in that back in the prior, my prior business, Airtricity, going back to, you know, uh, 
uh, mid 2000s, 2005. It, it took a long time to put together the, the plan that ultimately led to the building of Cres. It was somewhat of a, uh, a leap of faith to sort of build it and they will come, but they did build it and they did come and a lot of, of generation was being built. And the numbers, you know, speak for themselves in terms of the benefit to consumers. Um, so I think the great to see merchant transmission happening and a lot of, you know, good companies doing that. I think it's a small part of the solution. It's big state-led, RTO-led uh, 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 models on things like CREZ or, you know, LRTP and MISO that, that needs to happen at multiples of the scale. Great. Thank you for that. So switching gears to Nova, um, you know, what we've seen over the past year or so has been a lot more uh, projects that have come to market, um, either early stage, mid stage, um, you know, some of the time it's asset recycling, um, you know, and for some of these newer companies like Nova that's formed in the past year and taking into account the fact that some of these interconnection um, backlogs exist, um, that it's been mentioned that that's been a possible strategy for some of these newcomers in the market that rather go all in a greenfield to look at buying projects that have been a little bit more further advanced in the interconnection process. Um, is that a view that you guys share for Nova at, at present, or are you kind of looking all across the spectrum in terms of how you develop these projects? I would say all across the spectrum. Uh, uh, it's a short answer. The, the, the longer answer is, you know, we started our business in the US, uh, in Australia, uh, with very much a focus on, on Greenfield for all the reasons I outlined because of it, 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 it's a long-term, it's a long-term plan that's needed. But also because M&A market was irrationally overvalued in you know, almost everywhere, I'd say particularly in the US and particularly for early and mid-stage. Themselves are terms of art, but uh, uh, is one is one developer's mid-stage would most of the time we look at it, it's, you know, it's just starting, it's, it's early stage. And so we started in Greenfield because, yeah, we'd, we'd wish that the timeline of projects was not spending three, four, five years in the interconnection queue, but, you know, uh, we'll still start, we'll still submit projects, we'll still, we, we, you know, uh, I would wish it was quicker, but we'll start. Um, we have this year started doing more uh, M&A uh, uh, as we've seen more realistic pricing. You know, we've been uh, you know, consistent in where we see value and valuations uh, uh, since we you know, stood up the, the, the U.S. platform uh, about this time a year ago. Uh, I would say a year ago, it didn't get much traction with sellers and, and now it does. You know, I, I still think we're... Uh, uh, to be to be blunt, a pretty uh, the pretty generous terms, uh, you know, having you know, uh, been active in project M and A over twenty years in the U.S. market. Uh, like I said, it didn't didn't get traction a year ago. Now where we have we haven't announced stuff because we tend to not really uh, core publicity for projects until they're much closer to the to the finish line. It tends to be early uh, earlier stage, mid stage stuff, often because of uh, some acceleration on on interconnection. Uh, um, not exclusively, but that's probably one of the big factors that drives one to to, to M and A. If if it uh, buys you a, a year, two uh, or two years, you know, into the queue. 
Um, so, um, what uh, particular regions are you guys looking at right now uh, for both Greenfield and MA opportunities? So, uh, in common with my my prior business uh, LCE that we we, we sold ultimately uh, doorsteps, uh, we were better at large projects. Uh, um, the uh, and so that drives us to more the middle middle of the country. Um, we tend to be more wind focused than uh, solar focused right now. We're we're very much doing both wind, solar, and storage. I tend to think in project numbers, not megawatts, because that's another much much abused uh, term. So you know, of the fifteen plus you know active projects, we're we're moving forward in in our various markets. Uh, the you know over ten of them are are, are wind. So, so to give you a a, a sense of them with a smattering of, of solar and and and, and storage. Uh, so in the U.S., if you're looking for large projects and you're 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 more interested in in wind, that pushes the middle of the country. So ERCOT up through uh, uh, up up to MISO, uh, SPP. We're we're a little uh, cautious on from from a wind point of view in in the near term. Also, uh, uh, WEC is something we're, we're interested in. We're, we're, uh, and we're also a, a mix of markets where um, it's PPA-driven, more liquid markets, obviously, you know, uh, ERCAP being the prime example. But we're very comfortable with, uh, with build transfer markets as well. And we think there'll be a lot of build transfer uh, appetite among utilities uh, over the next uh, uh, five, 10 years. So it's really three themes that we focus on uh, rather than, you know, specific estates. You know, uh, it's transmission enabled. Where is their new transmission? You know, that's either uh, uh, unblocking a lot of renewable resource that's currently can't get to market. You know, MISO North and a lot of the LRTP is a perfect example. Colorado Clean Power Pathway is a perfect example. Um a different type of transmission enabled is what we see in Texas. It's just really building transmission to get to load. Uh, 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 there's a lot going on in West Texas. So we are probably our, our biggest development theme is what we call transmission enabled, getting ahead of where we see transmission going. Uh, uh, um, a second is new demand enabled. Uh, we're active uh, you know, in areas where we see electrification of industry, whether that might be new hydrogen production, although we tend to be more on the skeptical end on, on, on hydrogen. But there will be a lot of industrial electrification driving new new demand. So that uh, it, we're active in South Texas as an example of that, where you're seeing a range of chemical desalination uh, in broad industrial. Um, so it's themes like that that really, uh, you know, and then build transfer, looking at utilities and, Look, this is this is old-fashioned development. Look through the the integrated resource plans from the utilities who are going to be good build transfer candidates and be positioned to serve that 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 customer demand. So those are the three themes. They generally push us more to the middle of the country than the than the coasts. Um, what kind of advantages do you think build transfer agreements offer as opposed to PPAs? Look, I think it depends. On the utilities' particular circumstance, their particularly particular regulatory uh, environments, and and uh, uh, their you know uh, uh, comfort level, you know how experienced they are, you know, and I think you know. Uh, uh, so, look, it's it's simple business. You give the customer what they want to buy. If it's a build transfer, we're not going to spend a lot of time convincing 
a bill transfer, they should really do a PPA. And if it's a PPA customer, we're not going to spend a ton of time telling them it should be it should be a bill a bill transfer. I think it you know, and you see some utilities, particularly if they start off, they will they you know, they might have a lot of renewables experience. They they'll, they'll be more comfortable to do PPAs, and over time, depending on the regulatory construct, will will transition to to to, to bill transfer. From our point of view, we're we're ambivalent. Uh, 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 if, if, if the customer wants to PPA, we're happy to do PPAs. If they want to build transfer, we're happy to do that. Okay. Also, um, are you guys looking at um, any value-add opportunities down the road, like adding storage after the onshore wind gets built or even further into the M&A market, like repowering? Is that some things that you guys are considering? It's safe to say that storage, we consider storage and co-location of storage, you know, I think it's not unique to, to Anthem we do, but all developers, it, it almost all generation. I think you, 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 whether wind or solar, you look forward and five, 10 years, I think it'll be, you know, unusual to not have some level of storage, you know, uh, co-located just to use the interconnection more, more, more efficiently. Um, so, so that's, that's always, uh, uh, a theme. We are active in standalone, uh, uh storage as, as, as well. And, and, uh, are actively buying a, a lot of land for, um, we think is, is good locations for, for, uh, standalone, uh, storage. Um, so from that point of view, yes, very, very active there. Repowering is not something that, uh, we're, we're currently active in. Um, a lot of experience in the team on on repowering. Um, we have assisted some, uh, uh, worked with some institutional partners on looking at some repowering opportunities, but not we have uh, pulled the trigger on. Uh, I would say they tend, in what we have seen, tend to be pretty fully valued. Uh, by, by that I mean that all the NPV upside of the repowering is, you know, the seller is aiming to, uh, you know, retain when they're selling a project to be repowered. And so we, 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 we generally haven't seen much uh, uh, that, that stoked our interest. Uh, and generally we, we, we tend to see more opportunities in, in building new generation than repowering, but it's, it's something that's on the radar. And then you mentioned being a, a skeptic about hydrogen. I'm curious uh, where, where you're going with that. Yeah, look, I think the the world is quite sort of starting to settle out on a spectrum of 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 the you know super you know optimist proselyzer for hydrogen to the you know uh, uh, overly skeptical. And I wouldn't, uh, I certainly wouldn't take the overly skeptical. I think people now have sort of taken it as an intellectual argument to come up with different you know you know uh, uh, math to justify you know their their skepticism. First, you know. All hydrogen use in industry should come from from green hydrogen. You know the numbers are quoted all the time. The what percentage of global carbon emissions come from steam methane reforming, et cetera, et cetera. That should happen. Um, what I would say is that the shipment of hydrogen over any material distance is extraordinarily difficult and uh, is unlikely to happen at scale. Uh, you turn it into ammonia, I don't think that really changes the uh, the math. So the idea of uh, electrolyzers, you know, 
green power into hydrogen, into ammonia, onto vessels and, you know, heavily traded around the world, uh, I see as somewhat, uh, somewhat fanciful. So uh, hydrogen needs to be close to where it is going to be consumed. Uh, um, then, you know, so, so we are active. We have uh, a, a couple of things we're working on that are uh, uh, around the hydrogen theme. But the common element is always a customer right beside the generation. And, and the other thing is we're power generators. Okay, we're not, we're not a chemical company. You know, we know about producing power. Uh, and so we're looking at hydrogen as a new demand, a new customer. Uh, I, I would be very surprised uh, that we would ever be the owner of something like an electrolyzer. Uh, uh, but we will look to, uh, you know, permit something like that, have someone come in and be a source of demand. But it needs to have a customer for that molecule right there. Uh, uh, um, and the idea of, you know, we can produce super cheap hydrogen, but it's, you know, hundreds of miles from anyone who's got any use for hydrogen. It just uh, seems largely pointless uh, in, in my mind. And, and there's a lot a lot of press releases around uh, that, that, that type of stuff. So... That's, I'd say, my, my skepticism. I think it has a role. It's a more limited role. I spent a lot of time looking at hydrogen and transportation. I was a believer in hydrogen for heavy goods transportation. I think I've, I'm much less, much, much less a believer than I would have been 18 months that I think electrification will figure out the charging infrastructure to do uh, uh, heavy goods uh, uh, vehicles. Uh, so I think hydrogen... Uh, what uh, you know, uh, the way I describe it is that you know there's there's that there's some elements of the energy transition. I take offshore wind that I've obviously spent a lot of time around is you know in a difficult spot and is going to disappoint over the next five years, but will overperform in a ten year time frame. I think hydrogen is going to disappoint in a twenty year time frame. Uh, uh, is is what I would say. There's a role for it, but it's not going to be as large as the proselytizers would, would have one believe. And I do worry it soaks up too much political oxygen uh, to mix all the molecules together here. Uh, that's my one main complaint on hydrogen, that it takes up so much political attention and that will have ramifications when it's not going to deliver in the time frame that people, the boosters have, have said. And I think it takes attention away from transmission, moving the megawatt hours. That we know what to do. Uh, uh, if the technology is there, it just needs permitting, human resources, etc. Uh, and and uh, too much energy is, is is consumed, political energy, thinking we can solve everything with hydrogen. We can't. Well, we'll just safely call this a hydrogen rationalization then, and, and we'll leave it at that. But I am looking forward to uh, seeing what the gas stations of the future look like in California when trucks can go and look at things like RNG and CNG and hydrogen as fueling sources. And then there could be something to charge their trucks maybe at some point in the next like five to 10 years, it's going to get, it's going to have to get bigger, <laughs> I guess, uh, for, for all, all that, the chemicals and electrons to work in one, one location, but I guess we'll see. Um, anyway, to close this uh, conversation out, I really appreciate uh, the time you're giving us today, Declan. Um, if you could just uh, talk about what the next steps are for uh, Novastar and BEA uh, in terms of looking for additional equity capital at the whole co-level, 
um, or what what the plans are in the, for uh, the capital markets, and also um, if you're eyeing a, a timing for a formal launch for the European platform. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say right now uh, it's very much about uh, uh, finding good projects uh, to invest you know, uh, capital we have on have on hand. Uh, um, the um, and so uh, for our, our U.S. business, we have uh, plenty of capital to execute on the plan that we have in place, and that's by far our largest. You know, you'll always see. Anywhere from sixty percent to, to to you know two thirds seventy five percent of our our effort and our capital will be in the U.S. It is our our home market is where we we know the most where the you know with the with the the greatest right to be successful uh, and uh, um, we have uh, already uh, with my uh, couple of investors I bought in at the founding of this business S two G and and Great Bay. Uh, we we have set up uh, uh, between the holding company and individual platforms that our US uh, platform is already very well very well funded. Problems of success uh, if we're looking for capital in the relative near term, I'd say the next you know twelve to eighteen months. If the M and A market, for example, is 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 uh, much more to our much more to our liking, but I would say you know uh, having grown up a few of these platforms over the years, you know. Um, uh, capital raising has never been a limiting factor. So it's not something that, uh, you know, there's always capital for good platforms, good projects. And so right now we don't need it. May, may, maybe that might be a problem with success in 2024, given our given our growth. Uh, similar in Australia, we're more measured approach. Obviously, we're new investors in Australia, really happy with the progress we're making. Uh, have a great guy running our business down there, and Steve Jackson. Have a team uh, in in an office in Sydney now. Um, have some um, projects really really advancing through interconnection and and on track to our first NTP project by uh, first half of next next year. So so great uh, great progress. Um, we'll probably see us. Uh, 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 exit projects, you know, before construction in Australia. Given we are new to the market and and uh, uh, aiming to build our first project ourselves, there might be, you know, I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, I'm always a firm believer in 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 uh, crawl, walk, then then run. And so there, we're pretty well capitalized to, to to fund that plan. But again, uh, as we see more opportunities crop crop up in in Australia, I wouldn't rule out bringing in. Uh, more local capital. That was always a foundational element of the, the business was set up a number of distinct portfolio companies to facilitate raising capital in the markets and not a global IPP. Um, Europe, we've gone a little slower for all the obvious reasons because Europe is, is uh, more complex, uh, 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 more fractured uh, uh, market. There's lots of markets, I would say, uh, oversupplied with developers. You know, uh, my home country, and I spent the last year in in in, in Dublin. I spent uh, a lot of the last few years in in Dublin. Uh, um, relatively small market, and one of my observations is oversupplied with developers. Uh, and so we've no desire, you know, we've no desire to enter a market where we don't bring something, we don't add something. You know, being being the twenty fifth developer into a market that only needs ten or twelve is is not something that's that uh, uh, that exciting to us, um, and I would say that theme is common across a number of European markets that they are oversupplied with developers, 
And what they really need to do is just build out the development pipeline that exists rather than have new platform formation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think the US, Australia needs new developers, needs new plat- pipeline, but that's not the case in a number of European markets. So we uh, have been spending a lot of time getting smart on different markets versus pulling the trigger. We have, um, we have a couple of people in our office in Dublin busily working through a number of markets. Um, I think you will see us uh, do some stuff in 2024. But uh, our, our plate has been pretty full with uh, ramping up our, our US portfolio company or Australian portfolio company. And again, you know, crawl, walk, and 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 run uh, is is the mantra. So fair to say we we've, we've kind of slowed down a little bit on on, on Europe uh, uh, as we as we get our Australian and U.S. businesses to a good spot. Uh, adding new management, Ben Pratt coming on uh, uh, later in the summer, CEO of Nova Clean Energy Business, important uh, milestone. As I said, we're building up the team. We just hired three people in the last month in our in our Australian business. So uh, we've got a lot to do to uh, settle in those those businesses. It's very much a a long term a long term plan here. So we're we're not trying to go too quick in too many directions at once. Great. Well, Declan, that's all the time we have. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast, and uh, please tune in next time uh, for Cash. Enjoyed it. Thank you.